Both sets of stand on their feet. Third down and 10 for the Bucks from the 25-yard line. Steps up. He's in trouble. Throws. Got a man wide open. Caught. Dive. Touchdown, Hoover. An early dagger here. Bengals to his left. Breaks away. Still on his feet at the 25. He's going to score. The Josh Niblett Show on 99.1 The Game is brought to you by Medical Center West in Hoover. And now, live from the boot at the Grove in Hoover, Jeff Lloyd and Hoover head coach Josh Niblett. And good evening, everyone, and welcome into the Josh Niblett Coaches Show. We're here at the boot right across from the Target Shopping Center. In the Grove, I'm Jeff Lloyd, along with the head coach and uh, Josh Niblett's alongside. Coach, the sun still came up on Saturday morning, didn't it? After uh, the, the Bucks took on the IMG team, and um, now the new season begins tomorrow night. But let's talk about last week's ball game. I think your your team represented itself pretty well against uh, what basically amounts to like a junior college team. Yeah, well, you know. It, we're not into moral victories exactly. by no means. Um, and I think if we would have probably, I mean, with everybody kind of figured out early that we could play with them early, um, you know, I think the whole situation could have been different. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like our kids had a lot of confidence going in the game. But I think also at the same time when you hear everybody talking about how good and they got this five-star and this four-star and sometimes maybe we question our own selves a little bit about how we'll match up. But then – you know, I told our kids once the game settles in, it's going to become a football game, and and it did. And and when it got settled in, the bad part was is it was twenty three to nothing. But you know, we got a couple of plays you can't take them away during games. But there was a couple of plays during the games if we could have had them back. Uh, you know, the interception that got returned back to the one and the kickoff return. You mm-hmm. know, those are two plays that I think our D holds them to sixteen points the whole game, which is pretty impressive. And then. We outscored them 21-9 to in the second half. Uh, but, you know, we dug ourselves too big of a hole. Uh, and then when you play teams like that with that, that much talent, uh, you know, you got to be a little bit more disciplined as far as making sure the premiums on offense, defense, and defense are, are at their best because if they're not, then they're going to be very opportunistic and hurt you with it. When you play a team that is of that quality and getting ready to go into the playoffs, what's the takeaway from that game that you – use this week to get ready for tomorrow night's game well i mean i think the takeaway is it's you know it allows our kids an opportunity to know that you know we match up against some really really good players we allowed ourselves an opportunity when we cut it loose to play with them and then you know playing with a great heart and great great will and desire to go make plays defensively i thought we tackled better uh which is something we needed to do so i felt like we improved on our tackling um we made some plays on the ball i mean we we were able to get a couple of takeaways from a team that doesn't turn the ball over uh so i was excited about that and then offensively you know being able to kind of we kind of forced our will on them late to where we didn't just have to throw the back shoulder fade to you know to get a first down every time you know we actually got Larry loose a few times and uh, but I felt like our kids gained some confidence in what we were doing and you know we blocked a punt we hadn't done that all year so that was big so moving forward you try to gain confidence in what you were able to do but also understand football is a game of matchups and you know every week's a different matchup and if you don't match up well, then, you know, you got to figure out what you got to do to try to combat it. So, uh, you know, that's what we've been working on this week. But I was very proud of the kids, very proud of their effort, you know, watching the game. You know, I didn't see anybody loafing. I didn't see anybody not giving great effort. Uh, you know, the biggest thing was, I think, mentally for all of us uh, that 
once we gained the confidence to know that, hey, we can play with them and then went and made some plays and we gained some momentum, it made a difference in the game. I know a lot of people would like to be in the locker room at halftime. Take us through what happens when you go off the field. It's 23 to nothing. You huddle with your coaches first, yeah. I, I assume. Right. And take us through that step. What And then when you well, talk to your team, what did you tell you know, them? I think the biggest thing is, is once you go in, you got to give the players time to you know, do what they need to do, give the coaches time to do what they need to do, and then, you know, we get on the surface pros and, you know, start looking at, you know, everything that happened in the first half, you know, whether it be formation adjustments, uh, whether it be seeing if they're staying true to form for what we thought they were going to do. You know, we're doing pretty much all that stuff in between drives. But then just, you know, trying to get a little bit of a plan together for the second half. Um, You know, we knew we were going to get the football to start the second half, so we knew it was critical to our success if we were going to have any opportunity to stay in the game any opportunity to make a run out of we were going to score the first drive and so we knew that was critical so you know the defensive staff is together offensive staff is together you're making adjustments and then you know coach Fuqua's watching the clock so you know a lot of people don't know that once the three minutes goes down in halftime if you don't have a player on the field then it's a 15-yard penalty to lay a game so um, once you get on the field, then you have three more minutes as a mandatory warm-up. Um, so, you know, he'll come in as soon as he says five minutes. Uh, then, you know, I'm talking to our coaches, and then they'll go in, get with their guys real quick for about a minute and a half. Hey, some of it might be, hey, we need to talk to them pretty stern and get them, get them going. We're not playing hard. Sometimes they're playing great. We're just not playing smart. Sometimes we're playing great. We're playing with great energy. And let's keep it going. Uh, and then sometimes we just got to make some adjustments and uh, and just tell them, hey, keep trusting us. Keep playing hard. You know, somebody's going to make a play right here, you know, this half, this drive. And so once that happens, I come in and, you know, I just basically talk to the kids about, you know, hey, look, once we figured out we could play with them, we started playing with them. So now what are we going to do now? You know, there is a sense of urgency. You know, there needs to be a sense of urgency this first drive. Oh, let's go down and score. D, let's get a stop. Oh, let's get the ball back again. Um, and, you know, and, and that was the biggest thing to me. And then let's represent who we are in our culture as well as we can and uh, not let them dictate to us what we're going to do the rest of the game. And then, you know, with a little bit of fiery energy that, you know, hey, look, we, we know what we stand for around here. And uh, if you believe in that, then second half, let's go do something about it. So a lot of times uh, the the halftime – I know that you're a, you you try to approach it from a positive standpoint. You said we're you know we're not going to you know we can't fumble the ball. You instead use the right. we're going to take care of the ball. You always right. try to well the week before when we played Thompson. You know I really felt like the first couple of minutes of halftime that there need to be a little bit of a you know a pep talk to a certain extent, and it wasn't real positive. It was just hey look you know we're giving them everything they got. We had an opportunity to shut the door on them. We didn't, uh, and so the things that we talked about early on this week you know we're not doing and so then I leave them and then we go and make our adjustments and we come back and then that's when you pick them up so hey look first half's over with now we got to focus on what we're doing now let's don't let the first half cost us the second half also and so uh yeah I think there's different times where you got to motivate them I think there's different times where you got to be as positive as possible and I think there's different times to where there has to be a little bit of negative reinforcement sometimes just to wake them up um but I have a tight-knit relationship with our players, and they know where I stand because I talk to them every day. I don't just talk to them at halftime or before the game. So, you know, we have a relationship, and, and it's a uh, it's a trust relationship that they know that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to push what buttons need to be pushed to get us to play our best. 
I've heard it, you know, said in the modern age. I guess we're in the modern age now, Coach. But um, that athletes are different than they were when, say, when you were playing. Not that it's been all that long ago. Do you do you agree with that? As yeah. Far as- I, well, I tell you what, I do think's different. I think hard work. You know, when I know when I was playing, and and I'm sure. My dad would say the same thing. My brother would say the same thing. People would say the same thing that played before maybe the, you know, the mid-2000s or the latter part of the 2009-10 era. But those people that played back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s would say that hard work was a component that you just, you knew you had to have inside of if you were going to own, you know, it wasn't just about, but it was about surviving sometimes, but it was also about trying to thrive every day to, to become a better player because you didn't see yourself all the time as being the greatest of athletes. You know, you just, you saw yourself that, you know, like when I played quarterback, I could throw the football, you know. Um, but at the same time, how am I going to be able to be a better quarterback? It's going to be through hard work. Um you know, you had guys that could run great routes. You had guys that could run like guys that can run now. It's just, you know, you didn't have the combines and the clinics and the scout people telling you you're a four-star, you're a five-star, you know, all those things. So I think entitlement has kind of set in a little bit on the athlete now. Um, it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Um, the good thing about it where we're at, uh, we try to do a really good job, and our kids trust us and we trust them that, you know, what's one component that we're not going to lose is working hard and, but I do think that is a lost, uh, I guess you could say, um, virtue that, that you know, a lot of athletes today don't have. And uh, they do it off of straight, you know, talent. And the problem is it's hard work to beat talent any day. Well, the reason I asked that question was to set up the next one or, or kind of follow it up because I've heard coaches or managers in baseball talk about the fact that you can't, coach everybody treat everybody the same do you buy that or does each individual player have a different way that you approach it well i think there's certain things that as a coach that you want within your culture that you're going to hold everybody accountable to i mean everybody if it's being punctual like i'm not going to change that rule for somebody you know um, because we don't let circumstances dictate to us who we are or what we're going to be we make a choice you know every day of what we do um but I do think there's the way you handle kids from a motivational standpoint, the way you handle kids from a uh, not really a discipline because I'm, I'm not about that either. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think if you're trying to give a kid an excuse to not be successful, you know, there's a lot of people out there that try to find a way to help them play. Um, for me, if the discipline does not change the behavior, then what kind of discipline is it? So if this is going to be a continuous deal over and over again, it's just, you know, for me, <coughs> I think guys are – certain guys are motivated different ways. You know, there's guys that love the weight room. There's guys that don't love the weight room. There's guys that love the practice field. There's certain guys that don't love the practice field. You know, there's guys that love meetings and watching tape and preparing. There's certain guys that don't. Uh, I think there's guys that love one-on-one matchups, and there's the guys that love the team concept. So every guy's different, all right? But you've got to figure out a way to take all those different parts and bring them together – so we're all collectively, you know, with one heartbeat, one brotherhood, one chemistry, as people would say. But we got one purpose and one goal, and that is when I wake up every day, my purpose is greater than myself. And uh, and I think that's what I have to do as a head coach every day is try to not only exemplify that, but to hold our kids accountable to that. And, and I guess it comes down to I understand what you're saying because, yes, you're not going to compromise 
the standards, the culture. But there are some kids that respond better to a kick in the tail and others who respond better to a pat on the back. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there is. There's no doubt about it. And I do think the better coaches out there know which one. And the kids respond to that. Because, you know, I'm a firm believer. Kids want to know how much you care before they care how much you know. And, uh, you know, you, it's hard because you can't be their best friend. You know, uh, you can be their mentor. You know, you can help nurture them. And you can have fun with them, you know, and you can laugh with them. Uh, but, but at the same time, there has to be an understanding and a respect for each other and a trust between each other that, look, you know, when it's time to go to work, let's go to work. Or if it's time that, you know, I got to chew you out or whatever or, or things aren't going quite the way we want to, don't take it personal. You know, and that and I think that's the hardest part as a player today is, is being able to separate between a coach correcting you as a player and correcting you as a person. And uh, so I think people struggle with that, you know, and I think people struggle with that in our society, period, because everybody takes everything personal. Um, now, do I think that's somewhat of a pretty good – Virtue also is that if I do take it personal, then it'll mean something to me, and then I'll get it fixed. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think you kind of got to draw the line. And, uh, you know, we've been real fortunate, you know, with our players that, you know, we when we need to get on them, we get on them, and, you know, we call it tough love. And, you know, but we want to make sure that they understand when they leave every day, no matter what happened at practice, during a game, meeting, or whatever, that we love them, we care about them as people and uh, a lot more than we care about them as players. And, and it's a lot like being a parent or a, a teacher in the classroom. A lot of times those players are looking for that out of whoever the authority well, is. Well, I think so, too, because I think we live in a society today where so many people are looking for attention, you know, and just want attention, just some kind of attention, whether even if it's negative or positive. Uh, and so I think uh, – but I think for the most part, I think kids want to be disciplined. You know, I don't, I don't know, you know, the home has changed a lot, you know, and so I don't know. I can't sit here and take it for granted that they're getting discipline at home or not, and you know, and because I don't, I mean, you, you try to understand and you try to know as much of the home situation as you can. Um, you know, we'll have some uh, one-parent homes that will say, hey, coach, you know, any help, you know, is greatly needed. And so, you know, we try to do a really good job of treating them like they're our own and uh, loving them discipline them whatever we got to do uh and providing for them so you know we've been fortunate man we got a lot of great kids in our program well we are going to continue to talk about uh, football and uh and other things involved with the coaching aspect but uh, we owe you a break and uh we'll be back on the other side we're at the boot we invite you to come on out and enjoy a great meal here at the boot it's a good night to be out here we're located in the grove right across from the target shopping center I'll be back with Coach Niblett after this timeout. You're listening to the Josh Niblett Coaches Show on 99.1 The Game. And now, back to the boot at the Grove in Hoover. Here's Jeff Lloyd with Hoover head coach Josh Niblett. And we're back at the Grove, and we're uh, here with Coach Niblett as uh, we invite you to come on out and enjoy a great meal here this evening. I got here about five minutes before we went on the air, so I have not enjoyed my meal here yet tonight. What did you have, Coach? Well, I had the chicken quesadilla and the soul plate. So uh, The soul plate. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's a standard for you. It is. I have to get my greens and my black-eyed peas <laughs> and my macaroni and cheese and they always have fried green tomatoes that are on there, too, so it's really, really good. So. Yeah, so we, we always want to make sure that people know 
how good the food is here. And they are also a sponsor on our Friday night broadcast. So uh, we do appreciate the people here at the booth who take great care of us. And uh, we'd like for you to give back for what they do for the Hoover football program yeah, no here doubt. at the booth. Well, Coach, uh, I thought that um, George Pickens yep. uh, maybe played his best game of the year last week. He, you know, he had been – absent really basically uh the last few games and yep. uh he made some great plays you talked about that over the shoulder back cut and, and well, he that did. was there all he night did. you know and that's kind of you know we knew going into the game just didn't know exactly how they were going to try to play us uh from a coverage standpoint but you know we got some opportunities to throw some back shoulder fades and we knew going into the game that we were going to have to target you know him and shed especially you know, multiple times. And uh, once we got an opportunity, we got the matchup that we liked with him. You know, on the back shoulder fade, we started it, you know, in the second quarter and allowed us a chance to have some success and move the football. So uh, he made some big plays for us. You know, he was a mismatch for those guys. They kept trying to swap corners on him. And then, you know, we were able to get Shed loose behind them a couple of times. And uh, But, you know, those guys played well and, you know, and when you play in big games, your best players got to play their best. and uh, But you got to allow them a chance to play the best. And so, you know, I should have probably got the ball, you know, out in the back shoulder fades a little bit earlier uh, in the game. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we try to go into a game with trying to figure out what's best. And then as you kind of get going through the course of the game, you start figuring out, okay, this is working better than that. So, or this – we don't need to do or you know because you're going to see something a little bit different than what you see and then you know the matchups are what are the key you know and if you can if you can get george in a 50 50 matchup give him a ball it's a 50 50 ball then i'm just going to tell you more than 50 percent of the time he's coming down with it and uh, he's got great ball skills you know the way he can extend himself in in air uh, but then how strong his hands are uh, allows him a chance, and, and he works at it, man. He does. He works at it. And uh, But, you know, we're fortunate and blessed. Uh, you know, last Friday he made some big plays for us. It's it's fun, and I think it would be fun as a core competitor to be going up against no an doubt. athlete that's just as good as you, if not a little bit better, because it's going to make you get better. Well, and, and nobody knows whether he's better than you or not. It's just somebody said he was. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, that's the key. And then the only way, that's what I told our kids all week. I said, look, we're all in this room feel like we're better than what people probably give us credit for around here um especially individually and so i said well here's all of our opportunities you know you're going to get a matchup and i said the biggest thing we got to do is is you have got to win your share of the one-on-one matchups and then when it becomes a team concept within a a situation we got to be undefeated you know if it becomes a team thing and so at the first of the week, you're playing people, and they're like, ooh, one of the you just play a half so you get out of there, you know, injury-free yeah. or whatever. But at the end of the game, I'm like, well, I wish we had one more quarter left because if we could have played another quarter, we might have had a shot to win the game. Uh, but, you know, you only play four, and, you know, and we were able to make some plays, just didn't make enough. And, uh, you know, they had an opportunity to make some plays that kind of hurt us a little bit where, you know, they get the ball down to the one or get a kickoff return. So, uh you know, we got to do a better job there uh, to where our one-on-one matchups can count a lot more force. The game looks so much different in the stands and even in, from the press box that uh, sometimes people forget how difficult it is to play. And, and I know that even moving to the next level, uh, because a lot of your players are going to play at the next level, 
it's a whole different step up. Everybody you know, was a star on their high school team in college now. Yeah. And it's so Well, to tell you the difference between, you know, just, you know, how the scouting services have rated them. But I think when IMG, well, I think when IMG flew out uh, Saturday, uh, they had 26 kids that were headed to colleges for visits, you know, um, from Birmingham. Um, so kind of lets you know the caliber of kid they had. Um, and uh, I actually had met one kid after the game, and he was from Huntsville. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the next level, uh, people don't understand, especially when you get there, like you don't have a star. You know, you're starting all over again. And the faster you can understand that, the more hungry and humble yeah. you can be, the more opportunity you'll give yourself a chance to play early. But if you go in there and think you know everything, go in there and think you're better than everybody else, go in there and think that you're entitled to this, that, or the other, you're going to struggle. And uh, I've always said freshman year is your hardest year. And uh, because you come in, you got to start all over again, and it's from ground square one. But if you go in there with great work ethic uh, and you're smart about how you handle yourself and respect everybody, I mean, you'll have a great opportunity because the speed of the game does change. It's different. Um, People can say what they want to say. I mean, I, I experienced it. I saw it firsthand. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a different game. It's a different game playing by grown men. Well, and it goes from SEC caliber football to, you know, and I don't want to knock any other conference, but a lower or mid-major, yeah. it's different there. I, I saw it in baseball. Double A is a whole lot different than triple A in the big leagues. But I think, though, what people don't understand is, is, is it's not, to me, it's not about a one game. But it's about a course of time that you play over and over again. You know, um, it's kind of like when Troy beat LSU. I mean, you know, they they beat them in that game, you know. Now, how hard, you know, the hardest part would be if you had to play that SEC lineup, you know, week in and week out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, which becomes a, a just a physical grind. Um, but also at the same time, those guys in SEC are expected to play well because they recruit well and their depth's better. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of respect for the mid-major coaches and, uh, and their staffs and how they do things. And then when you go play somebody like that, you allow yourself an opportunity to be successful. Uh, but I do have a lot of respect for those guys in SEC because week in and week out, I mean, you look at Alabama right now in the linebacker spot, you know, and how they're not as healthy, but that's what recruiting does because, you know, you better have depth because nobody, nobody cares. You know, everybody wants you to win. Yeah. And uh, so – you know, creating depth at that level is huge uh, because that game is so physical and so fast. And and, and the thing is, as far as uh, the the uh, the LSU Troy game that you mentioned, is that it's good for football yeah, to have an upset once in a while. You just don't want to be the team that got upset. No, you don't. You don't. And you know, and the thing about it, like when Jacksonville played Auburn last year, and they had an opportunity to beat them in the end, and. You know, you watched the Mercer-Auburn game this past year. And, you know, I remember I was at the game when, you know, La Monroe beat Alabama. I was at that game. Well, I was at it too. And (laughs) I'm just sitting there with my head down. And my wife's like, okay, let's leave. Let's go. And I'm like, hang on just a minute. Do you understand what just happened? Yeah. You know? And so, uh, but, yeah, I sat there and watched that. Um, And you see that from time to time from year to year. Uh, But, you know, like you said, though, I mean, it's all about depth. Um, at that level, and it's all about staying hungry, staying humble, and being smart about respecting those people. Okay, enough about what took place last week. We're going to turn our attention to the new season, which starts tomorrow night, the playoff season, and it is a one-game season, 1-0, and 
And uh, sure. we'll talk about that when we come back. We owe you a station break. We'll give it to you now as we let the station identify itself, and we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Josh Niblett Coaches Show here on 99.1 The Game. WZGX Bessemer, Birmingham. 1450 AM. W256CD Fultondale. 99.1 FM. Birmingham's home for sports talk. 99.1 The Game. Here for... They'll be opening until about 9. Come on by for some, uh, some great food and, uh, and say hello. And, um, Coach, we're going to go into the second and five. We've got about 10 minutes left. Feel free to take a long time answering these questions because I may not have five. But uh, okay. we, we never have any problem filling time no. between the two of us. No. But uh, both of us now have our voices tonight, so that's, that's good. You saved me two weeks ago, and yep. you were actually – you know, yep. trying to I was get hurt last week. Yeah, trying to get through it. So we're both healthy. We got to, you know, we played through being hurt. All right. First of all, this is my go-to question for question number one. What's the color scheme matchup for the uniforms tomorrow night? All black. So you know, once we get into the playoffs, unless the kids just come up and ask specifically, can we wear something? I mean, the kids are always wanting to wear all black. So you know, we're at home in the mat. That's what we'll be in. All black. Okay. I, I did, you know, I tried to do some research for the broadcast. I just don't show up, you know, on Friday nights. But I was doing some research. You know what? You have to go back to, and I, I'm not trying to be negative here, but you have to go all the way back to 1999 before you can find a Hoover team that's lost three in a row. Yeah. In 1999, they actually lost four games in a row. Yeah. Have you as a coach ever lost three in a row? Yeah, that's a good question. I cannot remember. Because I was trying to do the research and I ran out of time on that. Well, not at Hoover. Oh, I know. Yeah. You've never <laughs> um, lost more than three in the season. You know, I can't. You know, when I was at Oxford, Oneyana, there was there was a couple of seasons where uh, I think my first season at Oneyana, we went five and six. And my first season at Oxford, we went five and six. But I don't know if we lost three in a row or not uh, and whether we mixed one in, you know, mixed a win in there. Um, but that's, that's a good question. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, I, and I think probably out there a lot of people have probably kind of said the same thing about us that they might say about Bishop Gorman, you know, because I think Bishop's lost about three, you know, and but nobody, I guess, understands, too, the, the kind <laughs> the of talent are. that we're playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, our the three losses that we have, uh, the three teams that we've lost to have a combined record of 26-1. and one. <laughs> um, so, you know, that kind of lets you know what kind of caliber of football, but that doesn't mean anything if we don't win tomorrow night. So, yeah. Okay. So, tomorrow night, um, uh, the Bucks will, will take the field against the Sparkman team. I guess I'm out of second and five questions. I don't know. Do I'll you ask you. No, do you? But I'll give you okay, one right. tonight. First and one. <laughs> first and one. First do and you goal. Know, if I get it right, we right, score. First and goal. Okay. All right. Do you know the mascot? For Spartan, the Senators. That a boy. See, so I'm we went from research. a Senders, from a IMG Ascenders, Ascenders, yeah, to the Senators. And I don't know what an Ascender is necessarily, but uh, the I'm Senators. Not sure either. Yeah. All right. Um, you, you, some, we're going to spend one of the sessions one night just talking coaching lingo. All right, because there's stuff be that you know, I, yeah, you know, because I know that a couple of years ago you guys did a uh, like a coaching session like a dummies 101 yeah you know coaching coaching we didn't call it that yeah, yeah. go ahead you yeah. call it for that for yeah. the broadcasters but you know <laughs> I, and you did it for the mom i think 
and you had the you had a um, like a little yeah coaching session yeah. for them. Yeah. So, you know, like there's terms you throw out. Well, they're they're playing a little oaky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, right. Yeah. Tell me what that is. Well, well, when you say oaky, oaky is a form of defense. It's an odd front. So it's a it's three down lineman. Right, and then it's three down linemen, two backers in the box, and then two apexes on the perimeter. So you really have an opportunity to where you could have, you know, seven guys in the box. But when you look at it versus spread, it's basically three down linemen, two backers in the box, and two apex on the outside. So a lot of people just call that Okie defense. Well, I was wondering if it's called Okie because Oklahoma used it. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. That I, I don't. Maybe, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, just right. like they call it the dime, nickel and dime. Okay, you know, I, and, I get that. You know, in college, in high school, they. I mean, in in the pros, they always had the nickel defense. Well, now everybody like us, our outside linebacker to the strong side is called the nickel. Hmm. Well, when I was growing up, nickel was a defensive back. You know, and so now everybody kind of lines up in nickel. Like they got a guy that can play both, and then when you take another guy out and bring another DB in, and that's when you get your dime package. Um, so, yeah, that would be neat. That would be a neat night to uh, to talk about some of that because I'm sure some of the same people would have questions about, you know, certain things that are that are said that now when they listen to a broadcast or listen to it on TV or they see things, uh, then they might can relate to it better. I mean, my wife, I mean – I had to, I've had to teach her a bunch, but yeah. I don't want her to know too much because then when I come home, she'll be questioning me or asking me, you know, <laughs> yeah. why don't we do this or why don't we do that? Yeah, you, you know, go. she might be asking me, why don't we do, why don't we run Oki more, you know, third down or something, you know? Well, I, I broadcast for <laughs> for a team. I want, you know, and people can do my history. They want to go back and see who it was. But yep. when the coach would come up to the press box, because we didn't have the wireless mic, he'd right. come up to the press box. His wife was walking alongside him. And she was going, you got to fire him. You know, talking about his defensive coordinator. you got to fire him. you got to fire him. You know, it's like she was giving coaching advice. Hey. You know. Well, Karen would probably get upset if I told this story. but she's Nobody's not, listening. It's just you and me. Well, she's not looking over here, so she doesn't <laughs> even know I'm giving this story. But when my first, we first started dating when I was at Jacksonville State, we played a real tight game. And at the end, it came down to us kicking a field goal. And the ball was on the left hash. Um, and so, actually, it was on the right hash, and we missed the field goal. We lose the game. So, I'm just distraught because, I mean, it's my first job, and I'm coaching college my first year, and we've had a tough year. And here was an opportunity to win a game. And so, you know, I go up top after we get through with the kids, and, you know, all the wives are up there, girlfriends, and they're kind of in the office and the lobby. And a little bit later on, she kind of goes, hey, I got to ask you a question. I said, what? She goes, that poor kicker. Well, as soon as she said poor kicker, I got upset because I was like, look, he's got one job to do. I mean, this is what he does. And this. She goes, I said, well, what are you saying, poor? She goes, that poor kicker, if they just let him put it in the middle, he would have such a better opportunity to make it. I said, baby, it doesn't work that way. Like, you don't get to tell him where you want the ball. Like, she actually thought maybe the ball could have been put in the middle. We'd had a better chance to win. And so she really thought it was the referee's fault, well, and, uh, not the kicker's fault. I'd be a better golfer if i could just put it on the yeah. green you know uh, yeah. that would work no doubt good. all right uh, another quick question um we hear a bubble screen a lot of people yeah. don't know what that is yeah well bubble screen means really it's kind of the the area with you know there's two different things you talk about in the bubble like if you see a d line and they say run toward the bubble that means the d, the offensive lineman then it's not covered the gap that's open like run toward the bubble well, when you get a three-by-one or two-by-one, the guy runs a bubble route, which is kind of a half 
circle route where he, you know, like the inside receiver will kick back and kind of run toward the sideline. That's what you call a bubble route. All right? And then the outside guy will block. So the offensive quarterback's kind of looking for numbers in the run game. That's how all this RPO stuff kind of got started. You know, used to you just say bubble screen and the guy would just catch the ball, throw it out to the bubble. Well, then it was, okay, now we're going to read the guy. You know, so now you got these guys that are reading the guy. The guy squeezes, they throw the bubble out. Okay. Now you got them reading it, taking off running, and then throwing the bubble out late. So, but the bubble screen is basically a receiver that's bu- uh, bubbling back toward the toward the out of bounds, toward the boundary. Okay, uh, we might be at five questions, so I may have made the thing. We're got less than a minute. Um, keys to the game tomorrow night. Keys to the game tomorrow night. You know, we got to be great in the red zone. You know, we got to score early. Got to get off the field in third down. Uh, and then we got to play smart on special teams. Got to be very efficient. But we, you know, the big thing are the premiums. You know, ball security, uh, blocking. You know, up front, and then making sure we're tackling, uh, and making sure that we're getting takeaways. And then play smart on special teams and come up with a big play. Coach, let's uh, let's talk about a victory next Thursday. No doubt, no okay. doubt, man. Let's sales up, brother. Thank All you. All right, that's Coach Neblet. We thank you for tuning in tonight. We'll be back here next Thursday. We'll be at the boot. Why don't you come out and join us and have a great meal? along the way that's going to do it for this version hey tune us in tomorrow night we got to play by play on another station but we i won't tell you what that is but you can find it and uh but you're listening to the josh nimblet show here from the boot on 99.1 until next thursday night so long everybody wzgx bessemer birmingham 1450 am w256 cd fultondale 99.1 fm birmingham's home for sports talk 99.1 the game